With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey guys, it's Justin from The Chase Down here. Uh, we're doing things a little different this time around. Uh, this is an episode, a shared cross-promotion with um, Dave Dufour, who hosts a podcast on Almighty Baller as well. Uh, this is On the NBA with Coach Dave. Uh, we're, we're posting this on both of our feeds. Uh, we'll be back with the regular episode of The Chase Down. Uh, I believe Carter is coming on with uh, some gambling gambling advice for all you degenerates out there. So check out this episode of On the NBA with Coach Dave. Uh, a little Chase Down cross-promotion, and we'll be back at you with more finals coverage coming up soon. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James with the rejection! You guys want to introduce yourselves and, <laughs> and say who you are and what you do? What's your uh, Sam? You're doing the Light Years podcast, right? Yeah, um, I write and do podcasts on Warriors World, longest standing independent site covering the Warriors. And so just and there you go. And Justin is your arch enemy. <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah. I have, I have a poster of him in my room that I just throw. What's uh, funny? At. Uh, and Justin is Justin Rowan, Fear the Sword, and uh, the Chase Town, right? That's correct. Uh, is that also, everything? I uh, also do some writing at Press Basketball. Um, not a ton, but I'm there. <laughs> but you are Canadian, so by law, you have to write for Press Basketball. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it. Um, so you guys actually uh, – it's really funny. The, the reason I got the idea to have you guys – get together for a podcast is because we're both handsome yes it's because i just wanted to stare into your beautiful faces yeah longingly no um it's because you guys actually for for people that are unabashed homers for your team <laughs> you guys have the most amicable relationship i think that exists on twitter it's fantastic i love it i think it's how it ought to be instead of the crazy tribalism and we could dig into that topic if you want to but like most of twitter yeah most of (laughs) most of each team twitter sort of acts like apes right it's it's like no not no (laughs) it's it's one it's one tribe versus the other you know fuck your shit i'm not gonna act like i haven't gone there before but (laughs) oh hey look (laughs) Listen, we, you know, I know that you love to bring up the triple double um, as much as I do. But when I do it, see, I do it, I don't have a team, so it's a little different. When you do it, it's funnier to me. I don't know why. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, so I wanted to get you guys on because I really wanted to kind of get your perspectives. I, I like both of you guys. I think you guys have very uh, well measured takes. I think that you didn't come to these takes just because. You know, it's your team. I mean, you guys both are pulling for your own teams to win. Right. Uh, so here's what I'm thinking. Sam, give me your prediction first since since the Warriors are going to win. I'll let the winner go first. <laughs> um, give your prediction first and just give me like, I don't know, like two key points to why you feel that way. I, I'm just really curious. 
I think, let's see, I picked Warriors in six on my podcast. And actually now I'm leaning Warriors in five just because I have such a hard time seeing them go winning it in Cleveland. Like, I kind of feel like if they don't do it in five, it's going to go seven because it's uh, it's it's just hard for me to imagine them them closing out in Cleveland, um, assuming you know, it's three, two. Uh, my, my keys on it are basically, uh, the Warriors are healthy. I feel like if they were a little healthier last year, they would have closed it out for all the heroics Cleveland went through last year. I mean, it was a tie game till one minute left. It's not like the margin was that big and they've replaced Harrison Barnes with Kevin Durant. And I would argue the, uh, the ancillary role players they have now are no worse than the ones they had last year. They're just not as heralded because the, the strength of numbers thing was like kind of Kerr's calling card and the Warriors got really good in 14-15. Uh, but I do think if the Warriors mess around, Cleveland can can take the series. So my, my, my measured take on it is I'm going to go about 65-35. Like I don't mm-hmm. think... Uh, it would be a massive upset if Cleveland took it. I think if Cleveland could control the tempo and slow it down versus the Warriors a little bit, they can frustrate them in the half court because the Warriors still haven't quite figured out that half court balance with, with Steph and KD. And I don't really think they will until sometime next year. They, mm-hmm. they just don't even, they just don't even get forced to have to go to it most of the time. Like they blow most teams out or can, can kind of, you know, have a five minute stretch where they put 20, a 20 point run on you. And then they never really have to worry about that stuff. Right. Justin, your turn. Well, I, I mean, I'm a little mad at Sam for stealing my percentages for this series. Uh, 65, <laughs> 35 is, is pretty bang on. That's, that's what I've been going with. Um, I'm going with Cavs and six. Uh, a big part of that is just everybody playing at such a high level. Um, the, there's a comfort that hasn't been there. Uh, LeBron, Kyrie, Love, Tristan, they're all playing at the highest level that they have in their career. Um, my biggest thing, and I've brought this up before, is that LeBron has the ability to play for extended minutes beyond what Steph and Durant can do. He can play at 44 minutes, and even if he's not attacking for the full 44, he can control the pace of the game, and he can elevate the players around him to play at a high level. So if the starters on the Cavs can at least match the Warriors or hang around with them, I think there's the opportunity for the Cavs to win the minutes where the Warriors stagger because of the impact that LeBron James has on the game. Uh, the Cavs are a much improved team. They have much better offensive weapons. And even though they've taken a calculated gamble on outscoring the Warriors, uh, obviously they have defensive deficiencies. Uh, but they took a calculated gamble that if they can slow things down, they can keep the game in the half court, that they're going to be able to outscore this team. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, um, if you don't mind me jumping. Yeah, out, go ahead. My, th- no. my biggest my biggest fear is the fact that Cleveland has the clear continuity edge. They're basically right. running back the same team for three years. Uh, there's just no way the Warriors are going to win that. But like I said, the, the Steph KD thing looks really good for year one, but it's just – it's not on par with what LeBron and Kyrie, uh, like their comfort level together in year three. So um, I think if the Warriors are going to win it, it'll take kind of the shape of that Spurs 2014 win over LeBron's heat. 
uh, if it goes into, you know, lots of grinded out close games, uh, that kind of scares me from a Warriors perspective. Mm-hmm. See, I actually think that the if it gets into the close games, that's when you're going to see KD really p- prove his worth, where they can just give him the ball and let him work and get a bucket, which they didn't have that ability last year. Which that's that's why I have the Warriors sweeping. I think that the oh, Warriors. Sweet. Yeah, I have them in a sweep. And it, you know, Justin <laughs> and I we talked about this the other night on the Bod Pod. I just think you're more likely to get a sweep than a seven-game series. I mean, it's probably going to go five, if I had to guess. But I think a sweep is more interesting. So I'm just saying sweep. <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, LeBron I think has a won sweep... a road game in every playoff series since, what, 2009? But there's, he's never played a team that was at this level. I mean, this, this team is better than last year's team. It's better than the, the team from the year before. And KD is... It's really funny. He's so not important to what they do, but he's very important for the things that the Cavs can take away. So mm-hmm. if the Cavs really want to grind it out, that that works toward KD because KD is ridiculous in isolation and in post-ups. And there's no one on that team that can guard him. I mean, even LeBron is not guarding KD. It, it's just it's just not going to happen. I, and I'm assuming he's going to start on him. I don't I don't know how that's going to work. Justin, how you do you think they're starting Jr. on him? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start Jr. on him. Um, it, it's just not something that they've typically. Uh, I mean, if you look at the regular season matchups, um, LeBron actually started on Clay for a lot of those games, which I don't think is necessarily optimal. Um, I don't think you want to waste LeBron on running around screens. I mean, Clay's one of the best off-ball players in the league, and the Warriors do a really good job of maximizing that. So that really does take away his ability to roam. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to starting Tristan Thompson uh, on Durant and having LeBron um, play on Draymond Green. I think that allows them him to roam and provide that support for Thompson. Um, especially if you can keep this in the half court and, and Thompson, someone that has the length and the foot speed um, to, to stick with Durant to a reasonable degree. Um, as you said, David, like even if Kawhi Leonard was on this team, Durant is still going to give him an efficient 30 points per game. Like he's that good. Yep. So if Thompson can at least stay in front of him and the Cavs are able to, by having LeBron on Draymond Green, take away some of the looks uh, that Draymond can generate for the Splash Brothers, uh, and you play solid defense everywhere else, then I think you're getting into that territory where you can hang around with them, you can match their production. Maybe they go a little cold, you get hot, and you outscore those starters, and then all of a sudden you're into that scenario where uh, you're you're outplaying those staggered minutes of the Warriors, and you can actually build a lead and, and give yourself a cushion to take chances because the Cavs' defense is predicated on taking chances and gambling because if they play it straight up, they're going to have a lapse and they're going to give up an open shot. See, and what, what I think the Warriors can do that none of the teams in the East were able to do, and this is part of the reason why the Cavs were so successful, the Cavs make you pay when they, when they create turnovers. They, they get right. Their points off turnovers are fantastic. Well, the Warriors are really great at that too. And the well, Warriors they, They've also, been a poor transition team, though, in the playoffs. In the play, but they haven't really played a lot of. Tra- they haven't really had to play a lot of transition in the playoffs. I don't think that they've pushed the pace. They were really good during the season in transition, for sure. And and the Cavs have been bad, really bad defensively 
in transition. So I just feel like it's a it's a terrible matchup for the Cavs. And I mean, you know, you want to give them at least a game because of LeBron. I just I, I just think that the Warriors are too good. I don't know. I'm just a Warriors homer over mm-hmm. here, Sam. Oh, you, David, <laughs> like if they win game one, if the Cavs win game one, I'm. I'm living in your mentions. I am living in your mentions. Great. And I've been saying a Warriors sweep since, like, March. Yeah, and I'm cool with it. As you said, it's more interesting yeah. to go bold. Yeah, I mean, again, I want a seven-game series. I want what we had last year. Like, that was – it was amazing. And it was I – mean, that game seven was just fantastic, and you're sitting on the edge of your seat. I don't want the, you know, four games of 15-point blowouts – yeah, I, I, 15, yeah. I'll be shocked if they sweep them. Um, Cleveland has too much fight. Like this isn't the um, 2014 Heat where they're running on fumes or anything. I just mm. think there's in one of the first four games, at worst, I'd say probably game three. Cleveland's just going to start hitting a ton of shots. Like they right. they can shoot pretty much as well as the Warriors. Um, they're they're just liable to get hot at least one game. Um, that's that's at a bare minimum, assuming like the defense is is poor and like a lot of things aren't going their way. It's just it's hard to see them sweeping. And yeah, well, the, the Cavs the Cavs are actually out shooting the Warriors from three so far this postseason. Yeah. Well, I think that's the other thing that's interesting about this. Neither team's been tested in any way in the in the playoffs, really. Like you know, maybe a, a couple games. Uh, total each team yeah they've had to like kind of dig in a little bit you know like utah gave the warriors one scare the spurs gave the warriors a half um but and i mean we can we can go into the reasons why but that's another reason i'm kind of like i'm kind of expecting the warriors to get punched in their face at least one game uh because 16 and 0 just it, it seems unrealistic and um it, it just you know it's gonna I think it's going to be a lot more competitive than that. Well, it really all depends on if LeBron is is able to fully weaponize his testicles <laughs> again in this series. I just think that that's something we're all overlooking. Um, you know, la- all right. So, Justin, the other, the other day you you tweeted about your uh, your your article from last year previewing uh, the finals, right? And you actually predict you said. The keys to to the Cavs winning is Draymond being suspended. Now, do you feel responsible <laughs> for ruining Sam's summer? I, I I was on the phone with Kiki. He, he Sam knows this. <laughs> I, I DM'd off, at, him. At worst, he, at worst, he he ruined two weeks because because getting getting KD, uh, you know, like thirteen days later was just like the ultimate consolation prize. We didn't even <laughs> we didn't even have it. We didn't even have it that bad. I was I was probably in a bad I was in a bad mood for like. I don't know, a week or so. And, <laughs> it's and then, funny. Okay, I, I felt too bad player. to even troll you. Like, that was the weirdest. <laughs> the post-final sensation was just so weird. It took me about a week before I started, like, searching through my old messages or searching through Twitter looking for old tweets to, like, retweet <laughs> for the slander. Like, I was just, I was, like, shocked. I was happy. I was at peace with life. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't even have it in me. Yeah, Justin, uh, I'm at the... I'm at the point where uh, I've started calling you a Twitter ninja because of <laughs> like how great you are at finding these tweets. I mean, we, we've got our bod pod chat and you broke out a bunch the other day and it was just incredible. I, I have fun. I mean, that's what this is. Like, right. do we realize how stupid and ridiculous sports is? 
Like it's one hundred percent entertainment. It's theater. I'm I'm here for the fun. Like, well, I, I, how about? <laughs> and I will say, as a warrior fan, um, being as they won the title the year before, first one of my lifetime, first one in forty years. Like, it did suck to watch them blow the three one lead, but it's like I I felt more pain with let's just say the Oakland A's who like trade away their whole team if they have a bad year every year. So it's like, so it's like as much as it sucked to watch them, I kind of, you know, I knew like it wasn't the end of the Warriors run. Like I feel like let's say 2012 Celtics when they almost beat the heat, but you knew that was like the absolute last year. Of the right. KG right. And those guys that those ones hurt because like, you know, they're just not going to get back there. And, yeah. and in a lot of ways this year feels like the Cavs are playing with house money. Like they're a big underdog. Like even if, I think Sam and I are like giving the Cavs 35% chance. I think that's more than most people would give them. And even at that, that's still a considerable underdog. So it's not really expected that they're going to win. If they do win, obviously that elevates LeBron's legacy to a whole different level. And it's funny, like this doesn't feel like a sequel to last year. Like, no, not at um, all. The first two years of LeBron coming back to Cleveland, it's all about finishing unfinished business winning one for cleveland and all that this year feels all about lebron like this is this isn't a sequel this is like a spin-off or its own entity like it's a completely different focus and uh, what sam said like with the warriors losing last year you knew that they're going to be back I, I i feel like we're going to at least get a one or two more of these like at some point i i don't know if the warriors are going to be more difficult to beat in the future or less what the situation is going to be well, we we make the well. Mistake. They're signing Chris Bosh this summer, so <laughs> well, we, we, got, we, make we the, got Anthony Davis coming in a couple of years. So we, That's we right. make the we make the mistake of projecting longevity, and maybe I'm doing that with the Cavs. Maybe we're doing it with the Warriors. I mean, so many unexpected things can change, either external or internal. Um, but it really does feel like the Cavs are playing with house money to some extent, and the pressure of that championship last year, uh, or the championship. Uh, or the pressure that uh, the absence of a championship from last year would have left probably would have broken this team apart. Like they would have traded love at the deadline and all that. But I, I think they're a much more confident team now. And um, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because LeBron's playing like he has nothing to lose. Well, you know, I've made this observation since the playoffs started LeBron. This has felt like a victory lap for LeBron. I mean, I think part of the reason why he's been so great is because there is no pressure. Yeah. And he like, I mean, there was the beer thing. I mean, he just Dude looks like confident. he's having fun. Well, he, he looks like he's having fun. Whereas, you know, there were large stretches the last two seasons since he, since he went back to Cleveland where it was like the weight of the freaking world was on his shoulders. And, you know, every other conversation was legacy talk. And, and now he make the right decision. And yeah, right. Like, uh, how many how many how many times they say I should never left Miami, you know? Right. And to me to me, the legacy talk that happens now is all just from kind of morons, you know, like like right. look I, I've said this since the start of this year. If you want to make the argument that LeBron James is the best player of all time, like ahead of MJ, I I can't fight it. No. I, I can disagree and say I'm not ready to say that yet, but I can't say that you're wrong like that's where we're at like that's a good place to be you know if if you would have told me lebron's rookie year that after all the hype and all this that he would have this kind of career 
um, I would not have believed you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's exceeded the thought? insanely high expectations he set yeah. for himself. He's insane, and he's on a whole other level. And you know, it's why it's going to be so so crushing for Cleveland when he signs with the Warriors. Next <laughs> <time>. <laughs> Finally, a backup for Draymond, someone who can, oh. who can play center <laughs> and run the offense. It's okay. The Cavs <laughs> needed to hand over the reins to Chetty Osman. <laughs> oh man, you love Chetty, don't you? I do love Chetty. He's um. I, I felt so validated because for like a year and a half, what I had described Chetty as was a small forward Tristan Thompson, the guy that just understands his role, does everything, fills in all the blanks. And then um, uh, David Zavak, uh, the, well, uh, at the time he was the uh, the lead editor and manager at Fear the Sword, uh, got an interview with uh, David Griffin who described him as a small forward Tristan Thompson. And I'm like, he is either listening to my podcast <laughs> or I am a great scout. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, all right, so what, one of the things that I've been focusing on because of how – all right, first of all, I am tired of the previews. Like this has been such a long layoff. Mm-hmm. It, it's and I'm, it's. I'm losing just, my mind a little bit with it. Like, I mean, at least I got, I got House of Cards today. Oh so man, that's at least something to um, you know, get me through. But. Spoiler alert: I've watched like nine episodes. So oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. Leave it at that. I'm, I'm halfway Dude. through the first one. Oh my god, you won't believe what happens when Trump shows up. <laughs> um, but but so one of the things I've been trying to focus on is is some of the the guys that. You know, the end of the rotation guys that we aren't talking about. Hmm. And like Kevin I've been Durant. trying to figure – well, <laughs> actually, now I've mentioned that, that, that Kevin Durant is he, like – he's like he a really nice successor. Uh, well, in this series, Kevin Love kind of is that guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so this, is, this is actually uh, one of the, the main things I probably disagree with Justin on, or I don't, I don't know. Um, I have a – Cavs fans seem pretty confident that like Kevin Love will have an impact, like mm-hmm. a bigger impact, like like a consistent impact, not yep. like uh, a random game seven, you know, take, right. taking care of the cripple guy who can't beat him off the dribble. But um, uh, I I just don't see how he's gonna be if the Warriors attack him, how he's gonna be uh, well, a player they can keep on the court for extended minutes like they. Well, that's but, the 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 key point there though is will the Warriors attack him in the pick and roll? Mm-hmm. They will if Mike Brown's the coach. <laughs> you sure? Because I mean, I, I haven't really seen like did the pick and roll numbers go way up in, in the last series? Um, Mike Brown's played more matchups, so yeah, it's been he, a lot he's been of, willing the, to expose matchups. It, it's been a lot of get the switch and isolate someone. Um, let, sure, it's part of the reason that Clay has been uh, below par on offense is because of that. He's He's taken like four less shots a game, and those shots are basically going to Steph and KD. Uh, and then also, he's kind of the one who thrives most off of the the, the motion and the movement offense. Yeah, the design uh, he's not, plays. He, he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's just not a guy who you're gonna you're, you're gonna, you know switch it to and make an off the dribble move. Whereas Steph and KD obviously can do that you know, all game. Right. Uh, so he's been he's been kind of the one who's been hurt by uh, Mike Brown giving. Um, you know, Steph and KD more freedom, but I think it kind of makes them a better team because sometimes, uh, I think Kerr said it actually after the Christmas game, um, kind of, he, he said as an aside, like some of that cute, some of that cute stuff, uh, might not work later in the playoffs. Uh, and I was, 
I was kind of like, I wish you could have realized that seven months ago. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, hang on. No, play, playing Anderson Verajao was not cute. Come on. That was that was a well-thought-out strategy to play a guy who's over the hill. A veteran. Yeah, you have a veteran. You know what the funniest thing is? Uh, he did those the same moves that I, you know, I crushed him for in Game 7 against Cleveland were the moves he made in Game 7 versus Oklahoma City, and they worked against Oklahoma City. Like, I don't know what Anderson Verzow did, but he actually played really well against the Thunder. He had that one uh, move where he took Cantor off the dribble. Which Behind the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should tell you everything you need to know about Cantor's defense. But, <laughs> but, um, well, I but, mean, um, Serge Ibaka is mean, older than him, so. That's right. <laughs> but either way, it's kind of funny. It's like the same kind of irrational moves that worked in the previous Game 7, kind of reality bit him in uh, Game 7 against Cleveland. But either way, it seems like they're, uh, you know, we, we might not get the extended McAdoo run we got last finals. Now, here's my yeah, question. Like, I, I completely agree, or at least Mike Brown has shown a willingness to attack matchup advantages, um, where, where or at least more so than Kerr has. Where, what I'm questioning and I'm curious about is how traditional is he going to go is he going to show a willingness to play small ball uh dream on at center for 30 minutes a game yeah we talked about this the other night right. i would actually start i would start the same lineup from game four of the spurs series i i would roll out kevin durant jump in the jump in the tip and mccaw on the wing and and i would just start there and i would get a 20 point lead in the first five minutes and then I would then I would coast. <laughs> the flip side, the flip side to it is starting with it um, with LeBron and Kyrie having their you know absolute maximum of legs. They should mm-hmm. be able to get to the rim. Um, the, the biggest worry about going small is uh, exposing Draymond to foul trouble. Right. Uh, he's pretty he's pretty good at avoiding it, but uh, the Warriors have tended to like to use it as like. Uh, you know, a four-minute four trump card at the end of quarters type of thing. Like, let's, you know, it's a two-point game. Let's, let's like, push and make it a ten-point game here. That sort of thing to kind of keep uh, him fresh. So I would actually, um, I don't really have a problem with them using traditional centers to start the game and, like, you know, going small as they need to. I think the key for the Warriors is going to be having to uh, rotate those centers unlike three to five minutes spurts because uh, they'll just tire out. And Tristan Thompson is a lot to handle. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe Zaza, Zaza can probably do it for three to four minutes, like giving his absolute effort. But if you're, if you're sticking him out there for like seven minutes in a row, he's, his legs are just going to give out. And then you know, Tristan's going to take advantage of it. Right. Yeah and, yeah. and I think the more traditional they go, the higher the likelihood there is that Kevin Love makes an impact in the series because you can hide them on Zaza and JaVale McGee. Um, you might be able to hide them on Iguodala. That's something they're going to have to experiment with. And you can definitely put them on David West. Yeah. I mean, basically right, right. the Warriors roll, roll out one of their traditional centers. He's got a, he's got a defensive matchup that should be fine. And I don't know how much time Draymond's going to spend on him because lacking the, that backup help, lacking those centers that are rim protectors, um, I, I think that's going to mean that Draymond has to roam more to defend shots from Kyrie and, and LeBron at the rim, especially in those traditional lineups. So I think that takes away from what he's able to do to Kevin Love, or at least what he's done in the past. 
um, because it, the Cavs are going to attack matchup advantages as well, and they're going to put Steph and Zaza in the pick and roll as much as possible if that's something that the Warriors are going with. Yeah, have the um, have the Cavs used Kevin Love as a screener a lot? I feel like. Oh I no no like no! They I'm, they're 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 not going to use Kevin Love like. Are they're you not saying... using really the pick and pop and like stuff like that? Are they? Yeah. That much? Uh, they are a bit. Of... They are they are a bit. It, it more with LeBron on... than with Kyrie though. Yeah. Because, yeah. because I do think uh, I do think Draymond's going to basically it, the Warriors want to give him a free roll, but they're probably going to also just play him on Kevin Love some, especially if they think they can get that to mean he switches on to Kyrie or LeBron. Right. You know. Um, Go ahead, so, so the other the other big uh, thing that was sort of a, a takeaway from last year's finals was how Steph Curry was officiated off the ball. Now I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they've really tightened up on the physicality against Steph in the playoffs. If that continues, like, do you see? Is there any way that that the Cavs can contain Steph Curry, or do you think Steph's putting up thirty a game? Because they're not going to be able to bump him. Well, if I you're not allowed to jam got softball, then that that takes away from basketball, right? Yeah, I was I was going to say I don't feel like they're going to. Um, it's the finals; they always give a little more leeway. I just I, I think Steph's uh, going to get bumped off ball. I think one thing they've done in the playoffs is use him uh, less um, exotically off ball. Like he's not running off of like four screens as much as he used to. Which exposes um, him to that contact. Right. It does. I mean, it does make the game easier for everyone else because he's drawing like two to three bodies when he's doing that. It's like it's like a selfless way to just give KD a bunch of space. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's it, got it, he's got amazing gravity. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, I mean, but they've been kind of using him a little more directly, which is probably uh, part of the reason that they've they've had such an easy uh, playoff run. I mean, part of it's just because they have a lot more talent than the opponents they play, but um, I, I don't think the off-ball stuff's going to change. I, I just can't see an official in, like, game three or five of the finals, like, giving Steph free throws because Tristan Thompson or J.R. Smith is holding his jersey or pushing him. You, right. might one get of, one, you might get one whistle here or there, but... One of my favorite things this whole season has been uh, when Warriors Twitter, anytime the game was tight, Warriors Twitter just going like just completely going in on Steve Kerr anytime that you guys had a possession and and Steph Curry didn't have the ball in his hands I mean it was just like <laughs> Steve Kerr might as well have been I don't know who's the worst coach we can think of uh Randy Mike Whitman. Dunleavy yeah Randy Whitman I mean it was just it was just incredible like it's Although so Randy funny. got it done in the playoffs so I, I don't know if we should even go there <laughs> Paul, that, Paul that's, that's a man it. who that's a man who can flip the switch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I do agree with you. Like, I think, um, well, it's a, it's, it's a tough balance because Steph's both great on ball and probably the best off ball decoy in the NBA. So uh, I can't blame a coach for like wanting to utilize him in every way possible. But sometimes it felt like they, they just went away from the bread and butter too much. And also, yes, yeah, some of it's, Warrior fans being greedy. The team's averaged about 70 wins a game for a season. So, like, the idea of a two-game losing streak is like the sky is falling. You know, like, you, you kind of get out of touch with what reality of the NBA is when your team's generally, you know, it just rolls through regular season like that. So, right. 
Um, I do know that Kerr made an made had an added emphasis to want to experiment in the regular season because he feels like going for seventy three and like the pressure of it uh, and not coaching half the year didn't let him try certain things that um, maybe he wished he knew going into the finals. It's like, it's well, like and the there Popovich was type of thing. Yeah, so. they had no adversity last year whatsoever. And oh. and this year, I think they had that when KD went out. I think that. That that stretch where KD went out was really really important for them. When didn't they? Would they lose three out of five or something like that? Yeah, they lost uh, the the first three games he sat, and yeah, it was like four. Um, yeah, so like four and five games, and then they pretty much swept the rest of the season out. Yeah, right. All right. Well, so before I wrap this up, what I want you guys to do, okay, we're going best case scenario for your for your respective teams, okay, and we'll start with Justin. So best case scenario, they win the they win the title, and then what happens this summer? Because I'm already thinking summer because 28 other teams are already thinking summer. So so they win the title, Cavs win the title. Let's say they win it in five, so decisive. Yes. What happens this summer? Uh, they move Amon Shumpert for either draft picks or cheap assets. Uh, the Dwayne Wade opts out and agrees to a bench role, <laughs> or or Vince Carter, someone like that. Chetty Osman comes over. Uh, maybe they uh, develop Eddie Tavares uh, into a good third third string center behind Channing Frye, kind of that more traditional look. Um, I don't know if Darren Williams is going to be sticking around. Um, I, I've heard a few people mention that they don't believe it's going to be likely. Um, but getting Darren, a couple Darren of vet- seems like someone who chases the money, and I don't think I the think, Cavs are going to give him the money. Yeah, I think Darren, and he, I think he made himself some money too. He look, he's looked pretty good. Yes, yes, absolutely. He, he's played really well. He, he could definitely still start somewhere. So I think he's gone. Um, they'll, they'll probably try to move Shumpert for backup point guard. That would be my assumption. Um, but yeah, it, I, I wouldn't expect anything earth shattering. Uh, most of the core is locked up. Uh, the starting five are locked up. Um, so they're, they're going to count on internal growth and um, bring an Osman over for the most part and then signing some veterans. I, I don't know if Richard Jefferson's going to stay. Um, so they're, they're going he's to gonna retire. It, it, he might, but he also, uh, on his most recent podcast, he's like, when I retire in like two years. Uh, and you, I mean, you can never take anything he says seriously, but um, they'll, they'll look to replace him with some veterans. The dream would be Vince Carter just because of my Canadianness. <laughs> All right. So, so worst. Wait, hang on. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. They lose. Do you see them doing anything differently? Because to me, the Cavs do what you said, whether they win or lose. I yeah. I think there's a possibility, depending on. I mean, it's hard to say, but like. I could see them floating Kevin Love and assets for someone like Paul George if he's on the market, win or lose. Like, uh, that would be an extreme thing. Um, But let's say Boston Boston blows its load on other players, a trade for Jimmy Butler or something like that. Um, If Indiana feels like he's gone, maybe uh, uh, Kevin Love, Amon Shumpert, assets package um, works for something like that. I, I could see them throwing that out there. Um, because if this doesn't work, what they're doing this year, they're going to have to look for ways to play, not necessarily the warrior style, but a little more versatile. Um, they're still going to need to maintain that the length advantage that they have, um, but I think they're going to look for a little more defensive versatility if this doesn't work out. 
Gotcha. All right, Sam. All right. So, well, here's the thing. Best case um, for fans and for the team might not be the same thing. Uh, best, best, best case for fans would be Steph showing out in a way that no one could ever bring up his, his finals performances ever again. Um, and winning a finals MVP and the Warriors like handily doing it. It basically Steph looking like how he's looked in the playoffs or he looked last year actually against Cleveland. Um, best for the team might be KD being the best player winning finals MVP and taking the non-bird raise so that they can hold the bird rights and keep Iguodala and Livingston and those guys. But um, I think, yeah, best case scenario for the Warriors is they win handily so everyone's everyone's got good feelings. Steph and KD come back. They figure out something for Iguodala who they want to keep, probably more so than Livingston. I don't think I don't think they can keep both of them. I think Livingston's going to get a pretty nice payday and being as he hasn't made, you know, big money in his career like Andre Iguodala has, he's going to take it. Um, and then yeah, like McCaw and Jones and those guys develop a little more over the summer and uh they uh they they can put they they turn into rotation pieces they're obviously gonna hit like the veteran market looking for like cheap uh older guys who can give them a minute here or there chris bosh yes well (laughs) i don't know i don't know if chris bosh will want to uh really come to the west coast considering his issue is flying and west coast teams fly more no he's been he's been cleared I mean, he's well, he's going to have a tough time getting any team to actually clear him. Right, right. No, I know. It's just one of my favorite jokes to keep bringing up here in the last couple of weeks. So that's best case scenario. They, um, yeah, they win and everyone's happy and they keep it together. Worst case is um, they don't just lose. They lose in like a 2004 Lakers fashion where there's like Oof. some ridiculous like infighting and like, I don't know, Steph tries to take over a game and goes like four for 30, like Kobe did that year or something. And, or the you know, Cavs recruit in. Durant like the Warriors did in the Western <laughs> Conference Finals. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I, I, think it's, I think it's very – there's a very small chance that both don't resign in the summer, but obviously if the finals uh, go in, in a very weird direction, like not, not just a loss, like a – embarrassing like implosion type of loss uh you might lose you might lose them you know maybe maybe you lose stuff i don't know so that's God, that's that'd worst be case. wild as somebody who sort of roots for chaos i <laughs> i have uh, in my head i've got this whole scenario where steph goes to charlotte even though there's no like yeah he's from there but there's I, like, not even a positional like yeah it's like putting, right i mean i guess I mean, they could move it, kemba Kemba's a good player, and he's on a decent contract. They could move Kemba. If they could get Steph Curry, they would move Kemba. Um, yes. You know, but but where KD goes somewhere else, and then the Warriors all of a sudden are, you know. The Clay Thompson show. Let's go. Well, yeah, right. It'd be the, Draymond Green averaging a, you know, a 25-point triple-double <laughs> and being the best defender in the league and, you know, taking his place as the best player in the league like he's supposed to. Like everyone uh, I don't want to. No. I don't want to test. I don't want to test that theory. But no, no, no. <laughs> but, but but I do like you know. I, I don't think it's a lock that these guys are going to stay. I think if anything, the last couple years has has kind of shown 
that nothing with these guys, it's, it's impossible to unpack any of their statements that they say the season before free agency. Oh, yeah. You know, they, a lot of them. A month before. Come on. Right. A month before LeBron left with the decision, he said, I have one goal and one goal only, and that's bringing a championship to Cleveland. I mean, well, but maybe he was playing the long game. And I was going to say, you got to think about that four years. He's he wanted him to get those draft picks. And, hey, you you think uh, the Draymond suspension was impressive? I was saying a year after he left that it was all part of a plan with the <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> was Jay Z a part of this? Is, no, is no, this... no, no, no. Jay Z wasn't a part of it. But actually, Matt Moore will be able to attest to this because he he even tweeted me after the decision. He's like, I thought you guys were crazy. <laughs> and we so were mostly fun. having fun with it. I mean, that's that's what I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing should be fun, right? Like even. Oh, come on. Of course. One, one of my biggest pet peeves this year, and I, I, I said I was going to wrap it up. But one of my biggest pet peeves this whole year was the way that KD was treated for wanting to go work at a different place. Like just leave the guy alone. Let him live his life. Like by all me boo boo him on the court. But like just some of the stuff was just so emotionally charged and I, I, I think don't know. basketball fans as a whole though have improved from where we're at with the decision. And we're just yeah. going to become yeah, no more and no more numb no to No one's ever got it as bad as uh LeBron. That's uh, right. Kitty got it pretty bad. The next guy uh, who's of that like ilk of superstardom? It's like Lamarcus Aldridge, all star, but not that level. Right. No, no one like no one really cared. Uh, but the next guy who does it of that ilk is probably going to get it a little less so than. I bet it would be. It. I bet if Steph Curry left the Warriors and went to Charlotte, it would be the opposite. I bet every every hot take and think piece would be about how Steph Curry did the right thing, not like. Those Not damn progressive loyal. Warriors fans. Right. Yeah. I, I personally couldn't hate Steph. I wouldn't be surprised if some people found a way because there'll be some quote uh, afterwards that can be misconstrued. Uh, you know, people, fans will be emotional. but I There's going to be really. one guy that burns a jersey, and I'm projecting that on your entire <laughs> fan base, man. I'm it's telling Andy. you. All right. Andy All right. Burning jerseys. <laughs> yeah, Andy is definitely burning a jersey. All right, we're going off the rails, so I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks, guys. This was fun. <laughs>